We come to the conclusion of our Lamentations series. This is Lamentations chapter 5 um, and, uh, and also message number 5 we're going to be digging into today. This whole series has been about one word, hope. Hope in the midst of adversity. Hope in the midst of a global pandemic. Hopes in the midst of a national pandemic and racism and injustice. Hope in the midst of your personal struggles where people have lost their jobs, lost their businesses, people have struggled. We know that the unemployment uh, provision has just ran out as of August 1st. So there are things that are happening in people's lives right now. Uh, And so we're looking at that. And so hope Hope that comes through the admission of our own faults, our own sins, our own uh, areas. Hope because if we learn to repent and learn from our mistakes and grow. Hope from the value of true lament. Hope from hope that comes that this is not our home. We're just passing through. And so through study and reflection, I believe we have uncovered precious nuggets of trust and hope in the midst of adversity as we've dug through the rubble for the last five weeks we've dug through the rubble to find that hope and and that trust and i hope that we don't rebury it instead we use it now and so as we've looked at lamentations we've known that the book of lamentations is a memorial to the pain of the people of israel and god included that for us so that you and i can see there's nothing wrong with remembering your pain it's a, it's a memorial to the confusion that they felt when everything that they knew, everything that they knew was turned upside down. And I believe we can all argue that that has taken place in our culture, in our world. And so uh, the beautiful thing about Lamentations is we were not asked to suffer in silence. And I've told you from the beginning, I'm not asking you to shut up. I'm asking you to speak up. I'm just asking you not to spew. God is asking you to speak up for those who don't have voices, but don't spew on everybody because nobody gets the benefit from that. God is asking you to voice your protest. God is asking you to vent your feelings, but he's asking you to do all that through the filter of him first so that those things can be purified before you bring those things into the marketplace. And so the beautiful thing about Lamentations, which you're going to find out today, is it doesn't end with a nice, neat bow on it. It doesn't end with, oh, and then they all lived happily ever after. It doesn't end like that. You know how it ends? It ends with uncertainty because life is like that. It's uncertain. It ends with hope, faith, and trust in the face of heartache and in the face of hardship where we find out that, that lament pain and grief are a crucial part of our faith because it's through that we discover if we really even have faith or if we just have a good time God right if I'll serve God as long as it doesn't get hard I'll serve God as long as everything goes my way I'll serve God as long as all my bills are paid I'll serve God as long as my marriage is working out I'll serve God as long as my kids are saved I'll serve all these I'll serve God's not recognizing that God doesn't make deals he's not a deal maker he's a promise keeper so what does it look like for us to lead through lament what does that look like for you and me The first thing I want you to see today is that we need to be attentive. 
We need to be attentive. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you know they're not paying attention and then you ask them, what did I just say? And they have no idea what you just said. Anybody? Yes. And anybody been guilty of doing that? Yes. They say, what did I just say? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We need to learn to be attentive. Sometimes I think when we lament, we're not even attentive to our own feelings. We're not attentive to our other feelings. And we surely aren't attentive to the way God feels. So we need to learn to be attentive. Hear my cry, O Lord, attend unto my prayer. God is always attentive to us. The question is, are we attentive to Him? Are we attentive to the people around us? And so, so as we look, Isaiah chapter 30, verses 19 through 22, it says, For the people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. At the sound of your cry. We learned last week you have to cry out to God. As soon as He hears it, He answers you. And though, the, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. Thanks be to God that even in the midst of your adversity and even in the midst of your affliction, your teacher is not hiding himself from you. He is teaching you how to handle affliction and adversity because life is full of affliction and adversity. So he understands that. He says, yet your teacher will hide himself, but your eyes shall see your teacher. Can you say amen? amen. He says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. We need to be attentive because God is walking with us and your ears will hear if you are attentive. This is the way. This. Not your way. The way. Not your government's way. His way. Not your, your personal way. His way. Not your political candidate's way. His way, not the world's way. And he says, and then, uh, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and gold-plated metal images. You'll scatter them as unclean things and you'll say, be gone. Basically, when you are attentive to God and you learn to trust in God, all other gods will be scattered. You will remove all other gods from your life. You will eliminate everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You will scatter it, and it won't be he, he that did it. It will be you that saw that their way is not the way, and you will remove those things if you are attentive to what God says, if you listen. But you must be attentive to God through the lamentations process because surprisingly, God has much to say. God has a lot to say. And He has been saying a lot. We just haven't been listening. Sometimes you can hear something and not listen. Hearing and listening are two different things. And so we need to learn to be attentive. God speaks sometimes. He speaks through His Word. But if you ain't reading it, 
If you ain't listening to it, I just read scripture that is powerful that God could have spoken to all of our hearts with that simple amount of text. That one piece that says, this is the way, walk in. He says, and your ears shall hear the word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. God's given us direction. And then how about through others? Sometimes God speaks through others. Maybe a pastor. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I just like to hear myself talk. I don't know. Sometimes he speaks through circumstances. Sometimes your circumstance, the thing that you want to escape from, is the very thing God is trying to lead you through. Your situation. Sometimes God speaks through creation. Have you ever just been overwhelmed by a sunrise or a sunset or the mountain or the beauty of an animal, the beauty of a flower, and thought there has to be an intelligent designer? This is no mistake. Most importantly, to remember God speaks. We must be attentive to Him and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Many times we miss God speaking because we're too busy talking. And many times you miss what someone's actually saying to you because you're not listening, you're just waiting to talk. We wonder why we can't hear from our brothers and sisters who are speaking and sharing their hearts on both sides because all we seek to do is educate, not be educated. I just want you to see it from my perspective. No, we, you need to see it from mine. I see it from yours. We educate one another and then we attack the issue, not the individual. But if my whole goal is just to educate you, If it's a lecture, which means I talk and you listen, it's never going to work. It needs to be a conversation where you talk, I talk, you listen, I listen, and together we accomplish something. The same way with God. How If the only time that you're ever talking to God, praying, is when you're talking, how's God ever going to talk back? We ask for God. We'll spend 30 minutes. Well, let's let's be realistic. We'll spend about three minutes going, right amen and then we run next time try setting for okay let's just do 60 seconds if you need to set a clock but don't focus on the clock but just sit for a minute and say god speak speak lord speak i'm listening see this is what happens we learn to be attentive we understand that god is speaking but if we don't take no if we take no time to listen we miss his message in the madness if we don't take time to listen we miss god's message in the madness we must be attentive to others if we're attentive to god the natural outgrowth outgrowth is to care and love and demonstrate concern for other people lamentations this whole book five short chapters has finally come to the conclusion where they learn it's not about you it's about somebody other than you it's about the community it's about communal prayer it's about communal repentance it's about coming together and finally not just whining about me but actually caring about you 
That's the struggle. It brings people together. It makes people visible. Some people in the house have felt invisible because they're never listened to. We must be attentive. So many times people miss God because we're pursuing our own passions and not His. The second thing I want you to see as we're leading through Lamentations is we must be absorbent. Did you know that we're called to be lifelong learners? We should constantly be learning. You will never get to the place where you know everything about God. We must constantly be learning, absorbent, absorbing the lessons that God is teaching us. Lamentation says, the Lord has done what he purposed. He has carried out his word, which he commanded long ago. He has thrown down without pity. He has made the enemies rejoice over you and exalted the might of your foes. And then uh, Lamentations 3, 28 and 29, let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust that there may be hope. Basically, God is trying to teach us something and we must be absorbent. And sometimes we don't learn. So adversity comes into our lives in order to teach us and make us zealous and jealous for God. Some of us know what rock bottom is. If you've ever struggled with addiction, you know what rock bottom is and you know it's the only safe place to build on as long as you build on the rock of Jesus. Speaking from my own personal experience, leading through lamentations means that I'm absorbent, that I'm teachable. That means that when someone is trying to speak, I am trying to learn from them. I really do want to know your point of view. If you want to see racism come to an end, the way is try and see from somebody else's point of view instead of just whining that they don't see yours. It's crazy. It's crazy for us to, to, to seek to only educate and never learn. It's crazy for us to constantly teach and never be teachable. How will I ever understand your plight and you ever understand my plight and you ever understand my pain and I ever understand your pain if we're both shouting in each other's face and calling each other names because we're simply unteachable. We must be absorbent teaching God is constantly teaching the Holy Spirit is our teacher but how many times do we play hooky you can't learn nothing if you're playing hooky right and that's the first thing people do when when we get mad at each other we quit coming to church we quit we quit turning in because we're afraid that God's going to tell us something and we might be wrong so we no longer show up and we no longer want to be in fellowship with somebody else because it's easier to dismiss them than, than to fight for the relationship that God has called us into. Amen. So we just say, I don't want to learn from you anymore. I've learned nothing from you, even though that is the furthest from the truth. And we ignore the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and we play hooky. And we're no longer lifelong learners. Sometimes we need to find a quiet place uh, during the lamenting process and just be silent. That's what he said. Sit alone. It's laid on you in the silence. Put your mouth in the dust that there may be hope. Notice it says that there may be hope. 
It's until you and I understand the position and the place that we are through the pandemic, through racism, through all the personal struggles that you and I have that aren't even listed in these two things that right now are catching headlines. There's hope. There's hope. If we've learned anything from God, there's hope. Everything that God did was not to pay back anybody. Thanks be to God, he's not in the payback business. But it is to bring you back. That's what God wants. He wants to bring you back. We must absorb what's being taught. We must ask ourselves, what's God trying to teach me right now? What's God trying to teach the church right now? What's he trying to teach us by, by not being able to gather together the way we are? Maybe he's trying to teach us what he's been saying for a long time. You don't go to church, you are the church. That's why we can't stop with the revival and we can't stop with CareFest because all of a sudden, well, we can't meet in our building so we can't do any revivals and we can't reach out to anybody and we can't love anybody. We haven't stopped just last week, we dropped off $600 worth of diapers to the Next Step Pregnancy Center. You know, they count on us every year to supply them. And Mother's Day came and went. We, do, couldn't, do a, we couldn't do a diaper drive. So what do we do? Well, that's just too bad for you, Pregnancy Center. What do we do for the moms and, and the young families that need the help? We come alongside them. Well, yeah, so we couldn't collect it that way. So what? We just reached right into the fund and said, well, we're going to go. And I just bought two carts full of diapers. And as I was walking out of the store with two carts full of diapers, a guy stopped, saw what I was doing, and he wanted to contribute. And I took that cash down there and gave it to them as well. It's God doing what God wants. Well, we better hoard everything because we don't know what's... No, we are not that people. We are the people who move forward. What is God trying to teach us? You are the church. The church is not a building. And finally, you had to lock us out of the building just so we know. There's revelation and lamentation. I'm going to say that again so you can tweet it. There's revelation and lamentation. You might need to create an IG for that one. Maybe you can TikTok it. Add that to your TikTok, write it up top and be like. There's revelation and lamentation. I don't have a TikTok. I might make a TikTok just for that one. Because Lord knows I don't want to hear what's playing. But let me say that. Let me just. Anyway. There's a purpose for the pain. There's a purpose for the pain. The third thing I want you to see is we need to be affectionate. We need to love, man. Lamentation, when you lead through lamentation, you lead with love. Love truly does cover over a multitude of sins. Love truly is the answer. Love truly is God's plan. We must love when we lead through lamentation. 
Lamentation says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. John 13, 1 says, Now before the feast of Passover, Jesus, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Will that be your testimony after COVID? Will that be your testimony when racism finally is put to an end that you loved your brother and sister to the end or did you love them just to the point where you agreed? Did you love them to the end? That's the question that is begged to differ. What about us? Leading through that lamentations requires us to be affectionate. We must love God. The Bible says that if we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself, all the law and the prophets hang on those two things. They came and they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And they expected something else. And he said, it's real easy. Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Oh yeah, and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't say you're loving God if you're not loving your neighbor. The the book of 1 John says that's not true. It says anyone who says they love God and hates his brother truly doesn't love God. Let that sink in for a minute. Let that sink in for a minute. Jesus said all the law and the prophets hang on. And just because I love you doesn't mean I have to agree with you. It is foolish for you to say that in order for me to love you, I have to agree with you. I hate onions. Anybody who's ever invited me to dinner knows you get a list. It's like a complimentary list from Pastor Mike. I don't want to insult you, so don't cook me this. They know it right away. They know it. My wife knows too. So as soon as they ask, they say, well, he's picky. And so I say, well, you know, I don't like onions. So then, but then there's other people who like onions. So does that mean because I agree that onions are nasty and you agree that onions are tasty that you can't love me anymore because we disagree? See how foolish that is? Just because I disagree with you does not mean I can't love you. It doesn't mean that at all. It means I love you enough and trust you enough to tell you that I don't agree. And I believe that our relationship is strong enough to sustain a disagreement. Or do I? Is our relationship, because if you really want to test your relationships, disagree with somebody. And then you'll find out if you really have that, you know, everybody's quick to ride or die, BFFs and all that. You know what I'm talking about. And they come and go, man. I, I joked with a lot of my friends in the past, nothing lasts forever. Right? And of course we know Jesus, that was their natural, Pastor Mike, you know Jesus lasts forever. I said, yes, but nothing else does. And I said, you don't believe me? Let me tell you no. And it's been proven time and time and time again. As your pastor and your leader, I go from hero to zero in two letters. When I put them together and it's not on, it's no. Because when I say no, it's on. Y'all know what's, I don't care what I've done for you. I don't care what I've done for you. I don't care. All I got to do is say no, and I am the blue-eyed, blonde-haired devil that, that lives in an office over there and got fangs and snaggle teeth. But when I say yes, I am the prince that lives in the castle. 
And that's how I know. Be affectionate toward one another. Are you, are you, do you love each other to tell each other the truth? You see, loving God means that we, we see people's circumstance through His eyes and we desire what He wants above what we want. Loving people means seeing and understand their pain and seeking to be a source of their healing because hurt people hurt people. You know why so many people are getting hurt right now? Because hurt people hurt people. But at some point, we have to stop hurting one another and we have to start loving one another and we have to start preferring one another. When? Now. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Jesus said, love one another. And Jesus also said, the way I'll know that you love me is if you obey what I command. Jesus prayed to the Father that we would love one another. He said, God, Father God, help them love each other the way we love each other. Because he knew that that would be the only way we'd win this war. Through lamentation, I learned to love one another. The fourth thing and the final thing I want you to see today is we must be abiding, which means we have to learn how to live together. Abide means to be present with one another. Even when it's uncomfortable, we must learn to abide together. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Live in me and I will live in you. We must learn to abide. That's what John 14, 4 says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit uh, by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Lamentations 5 says, restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. And we know the answer is God has not utterly rejected us and he's not exceedingly angry with you and me anymore. And do you know why? He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for your sin and my sin so that we could abide together in heaven forever. Leading through lamentations means being present in the pain. It means living with and living in the situation with people. We must be with people through the struggle. To abide means to continue without fading or being lost. That means to continue without fading or being lost. And I ask you this morning, has your love for your fellow uh, healers has it faded because of COVID? Has it faded because of racism and injustice? And if it has, you need to turn the light back up. Has your love been lost? I know a guy who can help you find it. His name is Jesus. We must learn to live for God so that we can live with God. We must learn to live with each other because it's God's desire that we spend all of eternity together. Life is made for the living. And we must start living. We must make the most of the life that God has given us. We must fight hard to keep the sacred relationships that God has blessed us with. 
We have to fight hard to keep these sacred relationships that God has blessed us with. He didn't call you to this church just to come and be a number. He called you to be numbered among the family of God. He called you to be a part of a fellowship, a part of a family. That is what God has called us to. And we're going to have to fight to keep it because people would seek to tear us apart. So we must abide together. God came to give us life abundantly. And I don't know about you, but I think we've been living life abundantly through the grace of God, by the grace of God, and through the mercy of God. We may not be everything that we, that we can be, but we're everything that we ought to be. You see, this is what God has called our enemy, Satan, who is our common enemy, has come to rob, kill, steal, and destroy that's his M.O. Jesus defeated our great, greatest enemies of Satan, sin, and death. So I say to you this morning, as we live and learn and lead through lamentations, let us live and not die. And if you're going to die, then die to self and live for Christ. If we're going to die, let's die on Calvary's hill and not some political candidate's hill. And so I encourage you this morning, be attentive, be absorbent. I encourage you to be affectionate and be abiding. I encourage you to lead through lamentations, helping people find the hope, that hope that is found only in Jesus. There is no other source. And so for you and I to understand that, we must first recognize that it is Jesus that puts that will within us. And you and I can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit of God. And the only way that you and I receive the Holy Spirit is through Christ Himself. Through belief in Christ. The Bible says that when you believe, if you read through the whole book of Acts, the evidence that people were true believers is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And the answer is yes. And when you believe, you will receive the Holy Spirit and God will help you be affectionate. God will help you be absorbent. God will help you be abiding and God will help you be attentive. But without the Holy Spirit, all you'll care about is you because it's all about you. It's always been about you and it's always going to be about you. But you know here at this church, we say it's all about Jesus because it's always been about Jesus and it's always going to be about Jesus. And they say, why? Why, Pastor Mike? Why is it all about Jesus? Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He left the splendor of heaven to come to this earth to offer himself as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin because we owed a penalty that we could not pay. It was impossible to pay the penalty for sin, which is death. And so there had to be a perfect sacrifice. Why? Because God is just and he will punish all sin. He will punish all sin. So what did he do? He chose to, to take sin upon himself by sending his son to be a perfect sacrifice to defeat Satan's sin and death, to pay the price. And Satan thought he won because they started a 10 count. One, two, three. And God said, no, you're counting the wrong way, son. You need to say 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 
three, two, one, resurrection. Satan, sin, and death have been defeated, and it offered the knockout blow to Satan and sin and death. And now you and I have an opportunity. And Jesus didn't stop there because then he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have told you, but I am going to prepare that place. And when I go to that place, I will come back and take you that you may be where I may be. And even his closest followers got afraid and they said, Jesus, we don't know the way. And he said, oh yes, you know the way. I am the way I am the truth and I am the life no one comes to the father except through me Jesus would then go on to introduce the Holy Spirit and he says but don't you worry I'm not leaving you as orphans oh no 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 I'm not leaving you as orphans it's better for you that I go away and they're like come on Jesus you're You preached a lot, but this is a little heavy duty. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm just with you. But but when I go away, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going to be your paraclete. He's going to be your teacher, your guide, your leader. He's going to be the one that corrects you and rebukes you. He's going to be the one that sanctifies you because let me just let you in on a secret. You're not going to be perfect, but you're going to be being Hallelujah, and that's a work of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to offer you hope that comes through Jesus Christ. And you can have access to this same Holy Spirit, but it only comes by believing and receiving Jesus Christ. And the Bible says anyone who believes... Anyone who receives him, he gives you the right to be called children of God. That means that God will adopt you into his very own family. That means God chooses you. And today, you get to choose God. You get to choose who will be your God. Who will be your God? He's already chosen you, but you have to sign the other side of that adoption paper saying, I choose through my belief and through my receiving. And do you know what the first fruit of belief is repentance thank you mickey mickey knows that you know why because we've been in bible study and i've been preaching that for how long the first fruit of belief is repentance and you know what repentance is it means i agree with god that i can't do it without you and i need you So if you're ready for it, today is your day to repent. Today is your day to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Are you attentive? Are you absorbent right now? Are you learning? Are you ready to be affectionate toward God and pay back the love that he has paid to you? And are you ready to abide in him? If you are, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. I ask you, God, that you will just be present right now in the midst of this place. Father, I know that you're already working. And I ask for each and every person here that they'll make that decision to throw away all other gods and to declare you the one and only God, that they will sign the adoption papers through their receiving of the gospel, the believing in the gospel, that they'll be absorbent to learn that they'll be affectionate toward you and that they will abide in you today. If you're here this morning or you're listening on Facebook right now, right where you're at, you just simply, right where you're at, you just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I receive you. And with that, I receive forgiveness and hope and life and help. 
I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I thank you that you're going to send your Holy Spirit to live in me and work through me. My hope is in you and you alone. My faith is in you and you alone. And my trust is in you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray these prayers. And all God's people said, amen and amen. If you said that prayer, can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's an amazing, amazing, amazing God. If you said that prayer, man, God is going to move you in the right direction. But I want to remind you, you are not going to be perfect. You're being what? So give yourself a break. Give yourself a break.